Welcome to Back Porch Chats. Where we have conversations about hope, grace, and recovery. Our mission is to shape 12-step communities where sponsors and sponsees support each other to move beyond the shame of abuse. We are dedicated to sharing knowledge about the connection between addiction and sexual abuse with people who are struggling to stop their destructive compulsive behavior. Are you ready to embrace freedom from your past trauma? And help others do the same. If so, grab a cup of coffee. And join the conversations on the back porch with Vince and Gina. All right, Gina. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning. Here we are again with a conversation at Backports Chats. We're going to have some a conversation about hope, grace, and recovery. And this morning what we're going to talk about is, uh, am I an alcoholic? It's an important question. Yes, it is. If I'd have answered it sooner, I might not have had quite as much pr- trouble as I had. Yes, yeah. And I, and, and I want to say to the people that are listening to this podcast that any substance, behavior, uh, compulsivity that you're having um, that's causing your life not to be uh, as thrilling as it can be or to thrive or interfering with your responsibility uh, to others and to yourself. Uh, a lot of what we're going to say can be there. So it doesn't just have to be alcohol and sex. It can be food. It can be cutting. It could be uh, work. Workaholism. is a Actually, I was going to say, um, yeah, we, we had, um, we're having, I'm having my problem with that. Um, when we get through this, these, um, these, what we're about to do, how about we test my, my little workaholic problem with the, the morning signs that we're about to discuss. All right. Yes. We'll, we'll test it. We'll run it through well, the test, see if it works. That's a great idea. We'll do yeah. that and see, see how that applies. Being an alcoholic, it just, if you're having problems drinking, it's pretty obvious, you know, when you're. Wife's mad at you because you hit on the boss's wife at the Christmas party because you were drunk. That's pretty obvious. But, yeah. But workaholism is not near as obvious because your boss loves it. and it's Getting the p- bills paid. And getting the bills paid. There's nothing wrong with that. And promotions and stuff. Yeah. But yet you can do that to such a point that it's compulsive and you can't stop it. And, and, and it actually is you know, neglecting your duties at home as a father or a mother or spouse sort of. Uh, or you work so hard and get so uptight and so burnt out that you're no longer actually a good employee. All right, so that's what we're going to talk about. Am I an alcoholic or what uh, compulsive behavior is interfering? Um, but when we talk about the alcohol, we're also going to talk specifically this next time uh, really about that. Uh, there's three types of drink, drinking that you've identified out there. Well, first we have casual drinking. This is what we all aspire to, to be able to go out and have that, that glass of wine with dinner or, um, you know, maybe even get a little little more intoxicated than we should at a Christmas party, but not let it run, run our lives. You know, many times in our 12-step meetings, I've heard people talk about that. And there's even some writings in the literature where we have problem drinkers. You know, there's a normal person who has a normal relationship with alcohol. And none of this is to put alcohol. I wish I could drink yeah, like yeah. a normal person, but I can't. So this is not anti-alcohol. We're not being carry nation and, and taking an axe and hacking alcohol. It's, I can't do that. It's destroyed. So 
there's the normal drinker that drinks a glass of wine or whatever, and they start feeling it, mm-hmm. and then they stop. That's enough. Thank you. I feel right. it. And that's not us. No. no. And then yeah. there's the casual drinker who actually at a party might drink and start feeling it and everything and then drink a little bit more. But it's not really a problem. Right. You know, even maybe their tongue got a little. It's not that much. There is the problem drinker who drinks to the point where his health is damaged, his finances are damaged. Um there's some real damage to it, but faced with those cons, they make a decision to change their drinking behavior, and and they can. Yeah. And yeah. and, and uh, so the so you know that you got the casual drinking, and, and then you have binge drinking, which and, mean, and I'm as a teacher, that was one of the um, subjects many of my students wanted to write about is binge drinking. Is a binge drinker an alcoholic? Mm-hmm. And that's why that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it to di- identify it. If you're wondering if you're an alcoholic, you could be questioning or um, like I did. Oh, I only binge drink once in a while. Um, and is there a difference between that? And and you know when we get into our warning signs, that might address that a little bit more. But um, what is a binge drinker to you? Uh, to me, a binge drinker is somebody that uh, goes on binges that they uh, they'll start drinking. And then they'll lose control. Maybe they'll stay drunk three or four days. They might even black, uh, black out and not have memories and that sort of stuff. Maybe miss work. But then they will stop and move away from drink for a while. Okay. You know? And then there's heavy drinkers, people that just drink heavy all the time. Uh, and maybe every weekend uh, they're drunk and, and drink a lot and not worth too much. But Monday through Friday, they're... They go to work. They don't drink. It's off, you know. But when they do drink, they're heavy drinkers. But it's, you know, how much drinking irresponsibly does not make us an alcoholic or does not make us have that compulsivity. No, no. And it's, I I, I like to work with, when I work with my people, I like to say it's more important what happens after you start drinking than what, what happens when you're drinking. I know that doesn't make sense. Uh, that that probably doesn't make sense. I don't know that I said that correct. But after I start drinking, if I lose the ability to moderate or control or make healthy decisions with it, then I've got a problem. And if I stay at that problem long enough, then and in spite of the life-damaging consequences that are there, I make a decision to return to that drink over and over and over again then I'm probably an alcoholic. I definitely need that. Right, and right. Now, would you consider um, that that question that my students have, would you consider binge drinking um, a binge drinker an alcoholic, or does it matter? Can they still? It doesn't matter. It, 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 those are types of drinking, and the different types of drinking does not make an alcoholic. Or does not make us not an alcoholic. Or does not make us not an alcoholic. I, I know this probably doesn't sound in it, but it's a question that really is not very important. It's just the modality of our drinking. I know that um, in the literature that you'll run into some of the uh, rooms out there, in the 12-step rooms, you will, they will talk about the fact that the, the drink, once we start drinking, we have the, the phenomenon of craving starts. We start uh-huh. craving drink. But yet, that's not the real problem. If we just stayed away from drinking, we wouldn't drink this phenomenon. But as we drink and the drink starts 
causing life-damaging consequences. We have a brain that rationalizes and justifies and returns us to that drink over and over and over again in spite of those consequences. Right. That's the problem. That's the problem. And we find that to, left to our own um, devices, our own discipline, our own intelligence, our own education, all of that stuff, in spite of all of that, we rationalize and justify and return to that drink over and over again. And, and, and it's a downward spiral that in spite of our best efforts that we can't intervene on by ourselves. Now, I know a lot of our listeners might have problems with God or what. I'm not here to be a defender of that, but we do have to find a way to reach out of our, whether it's the group, a 12-step group or church or whatever right. you can do. You've got to hook in with the community that will support you and support what you're trying to accomplish, not drink. And then once you clear up that we'll get into that in later episodes once you stop drinking and you get a little bit of physical uh distance from the drinking a lot of other personality and emotional work that needs to be done part of that is i had to grow up mm-hmm. i had to grow up heal so, some other aspects of, of right. your life that that came from the drinking right. and and are a result cause the drinking and are a result of the drinking yes in that well, we have to work on that part that rationalizes and justifies and returns. Right. You said this morning that um, it is not how much you drink, but, and this is really, um, this, uh, it, another thing that um, held me from ad- identifying that, that I was um, an alcoholic. I grew up around heavy, heavy drinkers and alcoholics and um you know 18 packs and i remember even i i had dated someone and i broke up with him because i was like i i can't keep up with you and so um you know i i he drank at least a 12 pack a night and of course that was beer and i was drinking vodka and um i was trying to keep up but i don't i now know that i didn't have to keep up i it wasn't about keeping up it was about, you know, if he had twelve a 12-pack a night and I had five drinks a night, it, it was creating a problem, mm-hmm. you know. And then they said, um, I had read that one shot of hard alcohol is the same as a beer. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one ounce is the same as a beer. And um, I was like, well, how's that possible? He's drinking, you know. 12 beers and I can get down five. So I must not be an alcoholic. Right. You know, I can get down five ounces. So um, explain to me what you mean by how it's not how much. Well, you know, being a teacher, sometimes I say statements that are more based in truth than they are true. If that makes sense. But I like to grab attention and get obviously how much you drink is definitely related to how much damage you're physically doing to your body. Right. Yeah. But it's really you know, people want to, to the, uh, how much they're drinking to whether they're an alcoholic or not. And that really doesn't, people move away from the drink all the time to prove that they're not an alcoholic. I went a whole year and I didn't drink. I went a whole month. I only drink on the week. Yeah. Yeah. But when I do start drinking, I drive drunk. I get DUIs. Fall asleep on benches outside bars. Right. Right. I had, um, you know, when, I, I, that sort of 
it's that sort of stuff that causes us problems and is more about this compulsivity. I was listening to a tape the other day where this very, very smart uh, psychologist was talking about he hates the label of alcoholic, you know, of that, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And I, I really understand that. And uh, it's got a lot of negative co- content to it. But it's these behaviors that we're doing that are destroying our lives. It doesn't matter whether it's codependency, ships, sex, food. We've already talked about that. But it's these things that we do to survive, these things that we do to deal with life. Uh, maybe we started off incredibly shy. I remember the first time that I drank, I could dance. I was so shy and so self-conscious. And first time I had a beer or whatever, I was the life of the party. You know, I was Elvis Presley. That'll show my age right there. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, so, you know, so when I first started drinking, you know, I, I was trying to do something that was positive for myself. Right. You know, be loose and have time. But it was only after it became a, a problem and that I couldn't, in spite of my best efforts, moderate, change. Uh, adjust uh, you know I can remember many times uh, and, and with my first uh, marriage there was many times that I would um, on a Saturday morning would wake up and go to work on our car so and we had one car at the time and that stuff and so maybe I would pull the front brake pads off of the car you know and start working on the brakes uh-huh. and then about then I'd get the car tore down and then I'd go and take and go buy breaks or whatever I need to buy. And on that way, I'd drink beer and I'd come back and I'd drink beer and I wouldn't put the car back together, you know. And that afternoon, I'd drink and we, it was Saturday night and we didn't have a car. It was still up on blocks where I didn't finish the job, you know. But the drinking took a priority over me finishing on that. Right. But if I hadn't a drink, it, I was probably an hour or two away from finishing the car. Then I'd wake up the next morning and just pray to God that I would get the car fixed before 12 o'clock because I would start again on Sunday, and, and you know, and if the car wasn't fixed, we were in a real problem, you know, because yeah. we couldn't get to work or whatever, and, you know, and Kali, my first wife, she just put up with that all the time. God bless her, but, you know, it, it, it had a priority of, and I wouldn't do what I set out to do, would right. not follow up my responsibilities. That's a problem. Yeah, know? yeah, and, and I was... um I'm very similar. Like I wouldn't allow myself, we've talked about rules, but I wouldn't allow myself to drink until all my tasks were done because I knew as soon as I had my first one, I wouldn't be able to stop and those Mm -hmm. tasks wouldn't get done. So if I was writing and I had to write 20 pages that day, I was like, let's fly through getting these pages done so I can have that first drink. And, And that was a responsible aspect of me, but I did it because the second I had the first drink, I had probably another 20 minutes of good thinking in me, decent thinking in me, and then I was done. And, and you But know, see, I, just, I, I quit being able to make those decisions. I mean, early on in my 20s, right, right. whatever, in my 30s, you know, I would say, okay, don't start that right now. Go ahead and another couple yeah, hours, finish drink. up, and, you know, and then get the barbecue pit lit and start the grilling for dinner. And now, okay, now it's time. It's 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Now it's time, you know. Yeah. Well, regardless of how we did it, it's it was both alcoholic behavior. All right. You know, I mean, I was pushing for five o'clock, and right. you were just like, okay. <laughs> but I quit being able to make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Katie boiled it. All right. So we, you come up with some ten warnings. Uh, five. 
Five warnings. Five warning signs. Five warnings. You actually found ten, but we've narrowed them down to yes, five. Yes. There's many, many warnings. By no means is this all of the warnings, but this, these were some interesting ones. Um, but that first one up there. Okay. The inability to stop or control how much. You, yeah. 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 So um, uh, one of the things I would do is um, when I would go out, I would take $20 with me to the bar. $20 cash, leave my credit cards at home. Um, I would actually pay the cab driver in advance. Okay, Robin, I know her name. We're still friends. Right. Um, in, in, in advance, I'd pay her in advance and say, um, come back and get me at two. You're already paid for. And sometimes tipper, you know, not hugely great because I wasn't rich, but um, to make sure she came back and Robin was really good for me. But, um, um, Anyways, my $20 was because I knew I wouldn't be able to stop. I had to leave the card at home because I knew right. I'd pull another 20 out and go for more. And 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 then sometimes I still wasn't able to stop. You know, right. you, as a woman, drinks get bought, bought or you start playing dice games and you win. And so drinks get bought. And, right. But yeah, it, no, didn't and belong were, in my vocabulary when I started drinking. There and you was, were a great pool player. Oh, I was it. an awesome pool player. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> you, up to three drinks. Right, and then, then and of course, if they wanted to win, they had to buy me another drink, which right. didn't cost. And there was no no on that. Of course, you can buy me another drink. Right. So, um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, the inability to stop or control the amount of alcohol, I definitely, definitely fit in that and um and it also fit in with another one of the rules that I had which was only buy a small four four um dollar bottle of alcohol. Right. And and, and hide the keys. But that, but for me that quit working. Oh it did that, for me too. It did for quit. me too. Yeah. There was Fine. a so the next one because we're starting a bit. Which is um to to drink through health problems, financial problems and fi- family problems. Yeah, basically we ignore them. Oh, yeah. In spite of them, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later on, but the very last thing, a worksheet that Justin talked about that. So in spite of health and financial problems, you know, liver problems and all that sort of stuff. Waking up every morning to check your urine to see what color it is to make sure you're not dying. Right, right. Yeah, and then then you drink anyways. Well, and and also criminal. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. you're in court and you got to do a breathalyzer or whatever. In spite of the fact I, I got a friend of mine who had to, for a long time, had to breathe into a tube in his car before he'd crank it up. Yep. He'd still find a way to go get drunk. Yeah. In spite yeah. of the fact that if it was if he got caught, yeah, that, yeah. You know, he was not going to be able to drive. Right? Oh, and then there's family problems. They right. won't talk to you anymore, so you got to go to your room and take a shot because right. they're not going to talk to you anyways, you know. Right, so, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, right. The next swings, one. yeah. Mood swings, yes. I'm always in a good. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this one. Uh, mood swings. I mean, I even have those today. That, you know, those can be a healthy part of it. But uh, I know that uh, a lot of times I was restless and irritable and discontented and took it out on everybody else until I snort. I did the crying. Yeah. I was a big, big crier. You know, I drink. Sometimes I didn't cry, but sometimes I drank and then forget it. You know, it was like Niagara Falls. The next so. one is it becomes a priority over our uh, our responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, my story about fixing the car and not getting it back to my responsibilities. That's, that, that's actually a mild one. Mm-hmm. Staying sober for your daughter's wedding. That mm-hmm. was an issue. Having a, 
I was, I was, oh God, she'll listen to this. And she probably knows. I was pretty hungover when she gave birth. And I was actually mm-hmm. scared that I would not be sober enough to drive to the hospital when she gave birth. Right. And, and, and I knew there was a really good chance I wouldn't be able to stay sober for a couple of days. When they said she was going to, um, they were going to pick a date and do labor, mm-hmm. um, I, I, huge relief, but I was still hungover. Right. Yeah. yeah. Losing interest in, uh, in the activities that we're enjoying, you know, like I'm not going to go to a family outing because mm-hmm. those are, they're teetotalers and they're not going to drink. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, so I, I miss out on family things uh church activities weddings where they're not gonna you know just that sort of stuff and drink yeah yeah so if you're doing any of these things um any combination or even one of these things you may want to consider the fact that um there's something to look into and we didn't address this one but it's come up again and again and that is um if you're asking the questions Am I an alcohol? I think maybe I might have a problem. Right. Even if you're just asking that question, it means that uh, that, that you've um, got a problem. Mm-hmm. If you're asking mm-hmm. the question, you got a problem. It's affecting. Now, right, yes. Now, also, just real quick, like, because we're definitely running out of time. I want to cover some more stuff. But, um, you know, just adding that to workaholism very briefly, how does your workaholism fit into those five warnings you have there? All right. Well, the inability to stop or control the amount. Um, we've seen this recently with me. I'm having trouble, some issues. Um, I can't quit. I want to work. I, I feel guilty if I'm not working. So I have a difficult time quitting. Um, what is the next one? Continuing to drink despite health, financial, or family problems. I am not devoting the time that I need to be devoting to our relationship. Right. You know, it's really difficult for me sometimes to just stop, take a deep breath, and enjoy having you with me. Um, well, and you, and you're also having some anxiety attacks and some mm-hmm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You were talking about pain in your shoulder and stuff. So those mm-hmm. are health issues. Actually, by the way, that's kind of mellowed a little. Good deal. Good, yes. Extreme mood swings. No. <laughs> no, no. I wasn't going to bite your head off this morning. I wasn't crying for no reason this morning. Yeah, extreme mood swings. Um, the next one is... Um, Priority. Making it a pri- work a priority over responsibilities. Well, right. I, that one's difficult for me because I see work as a responsibility, except for this. I see you as a responsibility, too. You know, our, our relationship is a responsibility, and, and it's real easy for me to get tied up in work and forget about Other working stuff. on the relationship. And, and, and it is a responsibility if I'm, you know. Part of what I have to do to make you feel fulfilled and, and help again, you feel fulfilled. Once again, just like the other things, you lose a, a balance with it. You, yes. You're not making healthy choices. You just have to work, work, work instead of making a choice to do something else. Yeah, and then yeah. Right, through, right. And lose interest and, in other activities. And, and I'm not interested in doing anything else but work. You have a tough time playing, my girl. Don't mean to take your inventory. Uh, no, I do. I do. I mm. want to, but I feel so that's guilty. Common. That's common. One of the things that I work with a lot of my sponsees is, okay, what do you do for fun? And they, mm-hmm. and they go, drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, well, what do you do for fun, Gina? Work. work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, we've replaced the um, alcohol with work. Work, right. And, 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 very um, common. Yeah, and I don't have to think when I'm working, yeah. not about my own problems, my own emotions. Right. Moving on, remind that, that that this is progressive, that what's a, that 
sometimes these pro this doesn't these activities or these drinking or workaholism or whatever doesn't become a problem till we get in our thirties and our forties mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. Might not necessarily. So this is progressive. So just because it didn't used to be that way right. doesn't mean that it's not that way today. Right. And so this is progressive. Someone and, told me at one point, well, I don't drink like you. And I said to them, no, when I started, I didn't drink like me either. I drink like you. And it builds up. And that doesn't mean because you drink like me, you know, when I was early drinking that it's going to build to that progress to that point, but it very easily could. I did not expect my drinking to get out of hand. Right. Well, and that's the difference. We're not hand. Right. Our best efforts. Yep. Um, But all right, which brings us to the worksheet and the they can go out on our website mm-hmm. and download a worksheet, this next worksheet, and it's one that I use with a lot of my sponsees, and you can do this. You can take this with any kind of activity, um, but we'll do it with drinking and drugging, and uh, on that, there's two columns on that. One is the cost, and one, the other column is lasting value. I'll ask you, what does your, alco- uh, your workaholism cost you? Right, you right. You know, uh, what is... Uh, gambling cost you what has your sex addiction and there's several costs there's financial costs there's health cost there's relationship cost as far as your family there's legal cost and you just simply go down there and list all of those costs Mm -hmm. that, that it's done and then over on the other side of the place lasting value you take and look at what of lasting value has it brought brought you that with Drugs and, and alcohol and that sort of stuff, that column is pretty short. Right, Because right. you can't, by the time you realize when you get there, you don't have friends and you don't have these yeah. other things. But, uh, and, and with work, you know, there are some things that you might have. You might have a bank account. You, you might have prestige and some of that stuff mm-hmm. because of your work. But if you look at the cost versus that, can help you see and, and break through some of that denial that you really do have a problem. That right. in spite of these costs, I continue to. In fact, that I've been I'm into my third marriage because I never came home because I worked and worked and worked and worked. And my, I can't keep a relationship to make it to a second marriage. Right. I've got a I've got a kid who is uh, doing exactly what I did, running around. I have no relationships with my kid because I was never right. I was never there for them. I didn't go to their ball games. I didn't, you know, just whatever those things, those costs are, were they worth the other side? Um, and that if that will help us see that you have a problem, I know the first step admitted we're powerless over alcohol, right. we're powerless over, right. and that in spite of the evidence that it's costing me more than it's because it's out of balance. I return to doing that over and over. Cannot stop myself. Right. Returning to what is. Right. So we got that on that and some instructions on yeah, how to do that. And, uh, you know, go down there and download that. And we'll do that. Appreciate that. We're going to put the um, link to that on the bottom of the description mm-hmm. for the um, um, podcast. Um, or you can go straight over to backporchchats.com and um, we'll find it there on the um, on the website. My sweet friend, I've enjoyed that. I hope uh, the people out there have uh, found this interesting. Yes, uh, yes. And we will uh, be talking more about this basic stuff and about feelings and some other stuff in future podcasts. So join us, Backports Chats, and the website, backportschats.com.
com. Thank you.